May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning, and may the words from my mouth be just what we need to hear today. Johnny Joe was a good old boy. He was from the deep south. He stopped at the convenience store one morning, and he ran, to his, ran into his old friend, Ricardo. Ricardo was an old buddy who had moved now to New York. And Johnny Joe, you see, was a mischievous kind of guy. And so when nobody was looking, he stole three candy bars, put them in his pocket. Coming out of the store with Ricardo, he bragged to him. He said, ha, did you see this old southern boy and what he just did? I think I'm pretty slick. I got away with it. I stole three candy bars. Well, Ricardo said, I'm not really all that impressed. He said, that's nothing, really. Let's go back into the store, and I'll show you what slick is, where I came from. They went back into the store, and Ricardo walked up to the counter and said to the clerk, you want to see an amazing trick? It's magic. The clerk said, sure, let's see it. He says, give me a candy bar. She gave him a candy bar, and he ate it. He asked for a second candy bar. He ate that, and then a third. And after he finished that third candy bar, he said, that's it. That's the trick. The clerk said, where's the magic in that? He said, well, just go over there and check in my friend's pocket. You'll find all three of the candy bars in there. (laughs) And they were. Pretty good magic trick if you set aside the fact that they were stolen. Uh, Have you ever sat in a worship service on a Sunday morning or any other time and thought to yourself, what am I doing here? Where's the magic? I don't mean that you come to worship expecting me to uh, pull a rabbit out of my hat or anything like that, although you might wish that that would happen. And you never know, some Sunday morning during children's moments that could happen, who knows. But we're not looking for that kind of magic here. But may I suggest that there should be a feeling of expectation when you come to church on Sunday morning or any other time you gather together with other believers. You should be expecting that something special is going to happen. Like we expected today that we would come into the presence of God because that's what we do when we gather together here in this place. And other churches all around us do the same. I believe Hebrews 11 has that kind of magic. In it, the writer describes the meaning of faith. And it's very clear that he believes that there is magic in faith. First of all, he starts out with the definition of faith. He says, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. That's a nice sounding definition, but it's a little bit deep. What does he mean by faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see? Well, the writer doesn't stop with just that definition. He shows us faith in action. He says, this is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understood that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was made out of what was not seen. That's still a little heavy, I'd say. What is seen was not made out of that what was visible. 
The writer is just getting warmed up, and he's taking us back to that time when God said, let there be light, and there was light. Then he talks about Abel, and he shows how Abel's offering to God was more acceptable because of his faith. Then he deals with Enoch and Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Joseph and Moses and Rahab, and he shows us the importance of faith in each of their lives. Then he adds Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets. If you read this whole uh, chapter, you'll see all these names. He talks about how they conquered kingdoms, they administered justice, they shut the mouths of lions, they quenched the fury of flames, and they escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength and became powerful in battle and routed entire armies. It's an exciting chapter that is filled with magic that only God could perform. We see that magic in today's lesson. The writer focuses on the verses that we read on a 99-year-old man named Abraham, 99 years old now, who is told that his 98-year-old wife is pregnant. That's pretty incredible all by itself. Listen as he describes this couple. By faith... Abraham, that's the guy, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. And by faith, Sarah, that's his wife, who was past childbearing years, was enabled to bear children. And so from this one man came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. A 99-year-old woman, way past childbearing years, bears a child. She's 99 by now. He's 100. If that's not magic, what is? But it's not the kind of magic that a magician performs. It's magic that only God could perform. And it's magic that can only be seen through the eyes of faith. Again, the, reader, the writer I'm sorry, of Hebrews is giving us a description of faith. What is faith? Let me start with a simple statement. Faith is belief in God. But it's not simply the belief that God exists, but that God is present with us and that he is working to our best good. In other words, faith is trusting God in all things. Max Licato, who I refer to often, one of my favorite authors, wrote about spending a week years ago in Brazil with a missionary pilot. And in this work, this missionary pilot flew a circuit of remote towns, taking them supplies and things that they needed in a, in a four-seat plane. The plane wasn't in very good condition. And Licato says that it threatened, it looked like, he felt like it was going to fall apart at the slightest gust of wind. He's quoted as saying, Wilbur and Orville had a sturdier aircraft. Well, he couldn't get comfortable in that little plane. He kept thinking that they were going to crash in one of the Brazilian jungles and that he was going to be eaten by a piranha, by piranhas or by an anaconda or something. And he was very afraid. And so he kept 
moving around in his seat, looking down and wondering where he'd land if we crashed now, hanging on tight to that seat like that was going to help. And then finally, the pilot had had enough of it. He'd seen how uncomfortable he was and how afraid he looked. And he looked over at him and he shouted over the noise of the airplane, we won't face anything that I can't handle. You might as well trust me to fly this plane. That's faith. That's the kind of faith the writer of Hebrews is describing. God is our co-pilot. God says to us, together we will not face anything that I can't handle. Now, will you just relax and trust me to fly the plane? Faith. The kind of faith that Father Henry Nouwen once described in a story about a family of German trapeze artists. They were called the Flying Radleys. Henry Nouwen admired them very much, and he became close friends with them. And he, they even let him practice with them on the trapeze from time to time. And he remembers how once he asked the leader of this group, this family, about flying through the air and how he could do it without fear. The leader explained it like this. He said, as a flyer, I must have complete faith in my catcher. I must completely trust him or her. The public might think I am the great star of the trapeze, but the real star is Joe, my catcher. I just have to stretch out my hands and wait for him to catch me. The worst thing that the flyer can do is to try to catch the catcher. A flyer must fly, and a catcher must catch. And the flyer must trust, with outstretched arms, that his catcher will be there for him. Do we believe, I wonder, when we're flying through the air in a time of trouble, when things are really going south on us, that God is there and that he's right there at the end waiting to catch us. If we do, that's faith. Not just belief that there is a God, but absolute trust that that God cares for us and is always working to our good. A woman named Edna Butterfield tells about her husband, Ron, who once taught a class of special needs teenagers. Looking at his students' capabilities instead of their limitations, he taught them all kinds of amazing things. Things that people said you could never teach those kids. They don't have the mental capacity to learn it. He taught them to play chess. He taught them to restore furniture. He even taught them to repair electric appliances. Things that most people thought were impossible. Most important, though, he taught them to believe in themselves. There was one young fellow whose name was Bobby. Bobby, in a very short time, proved how well he had learned to believe in himself. One day, he came in to class carrying a broken toaster in one hand and a loaf of bread in the other. He believed in himself. He, showed, he was showing confidence that he knew he could fix that thing. So he brought some bread to toast once he got it fixed. Faith in God is like that. Don't bring a toaster in to fix if you don't have the faith to bring some bread with you. Faith is believing not only 
that God exists, but that God cares for you and will provide for you and things will be okay. The second thing that about faith is that since we trust God, then faith is also living in obedience to what God's will is. Here's where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Abraham didn't just believe that God existed. Because he trusted God, he went when and where God told him to go. And he did what God wanted him to do. He was always, always, always obedient to God. Do you believe in God? Well, of course I believe in God. I wouldn't be here if I didn't. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Well, of course I believe in Jesus Christ. I went to Sunday school, and I learned everything I needed to learn in Sunday school about Jesus. Of course, he was quite a man. Have you ever fully committed your life to that same Jesus that you know all about? Enough so that you will commit all you are and all that you have to him? Now, 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 hold on there. I'm, I'm not a religious fanatic, if that's what you mean. But I'm a Christian. I believe. Is that what this is all about? Just saying, I believe. Somehow, as I read today's lesson, as I read about the victories that were won and the persecutions that were endured by so many faithful servants of God, I couldn't help but believe that faith is much, much, much more than just saying, I believe. There has to be some action. James says, even the demons believe and shudder. Faith is more than believing. There's a story of a lazy boy who went with his mother to pick blueberries in the woods. She gave him a little pail and said, I'd like for you to fill this and I'll make some pies tomorrow. Well, his mom was working very hard, picking all kinds of berries. As they went along, he wandered. He was chasing butterflies, and he was playing and having a good time. And pretty soon, he, mom said, it's almost time to leave. In a panic, he filled his pail up almost all the way with moss and then topped it off with some blueberries so that it would look full. His mom said, oh, look at that. You got a full bucket. Great job, son. Way to go. Took it home. Next morning, mom baked some pies. And she said, I made a special little pie just for you. He could hardly wait for it to cool. He could smell it. He could see the blueberries bubbling up out of the top of the, of the crust where those little slits are. Mm, making me hungry just thinking about it. And blueberry was his very, very favorite pie. Finally, it cooled off enough that he could eat it. His mom put it in front of him. He dove his fork into this little pie, pulled it out, and guess what? Moss. That's what he gathered so that's what his mom gave him, moss. If there doesn't seem to be much magic in the church today or in our lives, maybe it's because our pies are mainly moss. 
Faith is a total commitment, a total commitment of all we are and all that we hope to be to God through our faith in Jesus Christ. This list of heroes that we find in Hebrews 11 is a list of people who put their lives on the line because of their beliefs about God. Faith is not simply agreeing to an idea or a concept. It's a life-changing choice to walk where God would have us to walk. Same thing applies to this church. We will do as the Lord leads us to do, and we will walk where God would have us to walk. Another thing about faith is that it's also an unshakable sense of trust that keeps us going through dark and difficult places. As we walk through the valley under a dark shadow at some time, we can use exercise that faith. It's like the man who became so discouraged with life that he went into the store and he bought a loaf of bread and he went and laid down on the railroad tracks and waited for the train to come and run him over. The policeman saw all this and ran up to the man and said, what do you think you're doing? And he said, I'm waiting for the train to run me over. And he said, well, why did you bring a loaf of bread? He said, well, as reliable as the trains are around here, I might starve to death waiting for one. We all get discouraged at some time in our lives, but that doesn't mean we give up. There's always a way out if we allow God's Spirit to guide us. Faith is committing all we are, all we hope to be, to God. Faith is the assurance that God created us in this way that we can be prepared for any battle we might face. Faith is also that unshakable sense of trust that keeps us going through the dark days. And one last thing about faith. Faith is a promise that, as Abraham described it, is a city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. We don't talk much about heaven. We're a very secular society. Our kingdom is here and now. No wonder our lives sometimes don't have that magic. No wonder so many of us dread the process of getting old and we're scared of the thought of dying. We forget the blessed hope that we have. We act like when life ends at the grave, it's all over. We say we don't believe that, but we seem to live that way. We forget. Faith, to be really faith, always looks forward. Looks forward with positive expectation. Unstoppable hope. That's why from this pulpit during COVID when nobody was here except our little crew, I guess I'll call them, when very few were joining us for some time until word got out and there wasn't much happening around here, I still stood here and said, we're going to be okay and this church is going to move forward. We just run into a little bump in the road. That was faith on my part, yes, but also on the part of the rest of the team that showed up every Sunday morning and saw to it that you 
were able to watch from home. Faith on your part by continuing to join and continuing to send your financial contributions, even though we didn't even have a church building, so to speak. We had it, but we couldn't use it. That's faith. We practiced it. So, folks, we do it here, and we do it without thinking about it, and that's a good thing. Do we believe in God? Yes, of course, we say. I believe in God. Do we have the faith that Abraham had? Belief in the promises of God? We're human. We're going to stumble. There will be times when our faith will falter. Happens to me. Happens to all of us. But do we have that faith to fall back on? Do we believe that God will always be with us? regardless of the obstacles that we may face. We've made it through some huge obstacles, and I'm certain, without looking back through the church's history, I'm certain that this church has faced lots of adversity from time to time, and that they've made it through every single time. And the way that that's happened is by exercising their faith and believing that God will do what God says he will do. Do we believe that he'll always be with us, regardless of the circumstances, even to eternity? If we do, that's faith. Let's capture that magic once again. Amen.